welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. And I am Randy. Oh, welcome back, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Another another week, another dollar? How do they say that? Another day, another, another dollar? Another day, another dollar? Another week, another seven dollars, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue collar comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, welcome to everybody or anybody that's listening. Uh, we have yet another guest on this week's uh, episode. Uh, he's uh, a friend of mine from work, um, and we kind of go pretty deep into some of the uh, the traumatic experiences that the indigenous people of our country have to go through. Um, yeah, he goes into his personal story, kind of his life with his with his parents and and, uh, and his mom, and kind of their how do I describe it? I mean, it, it's tough. Like it's, uh, it's a yeah. bit of a heartbreaking it's a, story. It's a perspective we don't hear very often, right? We don't yeah. often get the other side of some of these stories. So it's exactly. a, it's a bit of an eye opening chat for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And we kind of touch on residential schools, um, and sort of systematic type oppression type stuff, uh, kind of some reserve stuff and, and just sort of, uh, in general, the, how the indigenous are treated. Yeah, see kind of how poorly, for lack of a better word, the the government's kind of treated the indigenous people and and the way a lot of people view them, right? Um, Yeah, like I said, it's super eye-opening. I had a real great time talking to him. It was very insightful, and and I hope you guys enjoy it. Exactly. And I think poorly is probably an accurate word (laughs) to use. Right. Um, Probably putting it a little lightly, if anything. Yeah, exactly. And we kind of buried the lead a little bit, but uh, our guest this week is Mike G. Um, So like I said, friend of mine, and now a friend of Randy's. Indeed. Friend of the show. (laughs) Exactly. Friend of the show. Hope to have him back. Uh, he's a bit of a nerd like us, so this one was a little bit heavy and a little bit emotional, but um, hopefully in the future we can sit down and talk about comic books and, you know, nerd stuff. Just the regular bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, uh, here's Mike. Well, welcome to the show. What's what's your name? What are, what are you doing here? Why, why are you in my house? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> now, this is a really confusing part, so... So last, like legally, my last name's Perry. Okay. But I go by Gott, G-O-T-T. Uh, I feel like you might have told me this before yeah. and I didn't quite understand, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then on the internet, on Facebook, my last name is G, G-E-E. So, right. yeah, I've, uh, it's almost like I have a multi-personality uh, disorder. <laughs> <laughs> and technically all three are acceptable. It's just kind of whatever you choose to use. Yeah, whatever, right? So, huh. Yeah. See, Perry is like the last name of my mom's ex-husband, so... Oh, right, it's okay. kind of awkward. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I need to like shed that part of my life and kind of start over again. But that makes sense. I'm just kind of lazy to go down and fill out some forms. And <laughs> yeah, and spend money on it. So yeah. yeah. Oh, one of one of my cats is joining the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bud. Yeah, he's super clingy. It's like I sense a fellow cat person. Yeah. 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 He probably smells my cats on me. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Um. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. So then, was your was your mom's ex husband was he indigenous as well? No, no, he's a white guy. Yeah, he was. He's uh, a <clears throat> he was from Winnipeg originally, and uh, <clears throat> see, I started <clears throat> like I was born in eighty one. Okay, and I <clears throat> for, for the first four years of my life, it was just me and my mom. Okay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just, my mom was seventeen years old when she had me uh, when I was born. Okay, and. <clears throat> 
So I, I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat here, but. <laughs> um, and see, I, I I lived in Churchill. Okay. I've lived in Gillum, but I grew up in Dauphin. Okay. And, Seen more of Manitoba than I have. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for like, like I said, for the first four years of my life, though, it was just my mom and I, and um, you know, like her, our family, they tried to take me away from her so she had no choice but to leave in the middle of the night with just a bag of diapers really that was when you were in churchill no that's when uh, this was on the reserve oh okay okay. and we um we head out on the rail line in a little small community called mcclintock i think there's maybe like four or five houses and uh, we didn't know our neighbors (laughs) (laughs) and that was sorry the mcclintock was the name of a town or that was the reserve McClintock's the name of the town. Oh, okay. The I'm from Reserve. It's off of a Highway 10 called Sapatoyak. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's a Cree nation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, until we, we, we moved to Churchill when I was four years old, and that's where she met him. Mm-hmm. I'll just refer to him as him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have two younger brothers with, you know, she had two uh, kids with him. Okay. okay. And, um, you know, he's still, you know, around. And uh, so it kind of makes family gatherings and weddings kind of awkward. And he still shows up to all of them? Yeah. Really? He does, yeah. Does he have a relationship with his, your younger siblings? Oh, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, they live with him for, I'll get to that part. Okay, sure. sure. (laughs) So, um, you know, Reg, we talked about, you know, I'm just telling my story, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, for about 10 years after we met him, for 10 years, you know, I was, I lived with, uh, I learned quickly what fear was. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I found out later that my mom didn't know what was going on. You know, he, he would, he'd beat me up, he'd hit me, you know, make me feel like I was not wanted. Yeah. Right. Oh, jeez. Very quickly. Yeah. Especially when you're that young. But yeah, you don't know. Yeah. You know, you have no frame of reference. Yeah, for that you're just type sitting of, there going, "What the hell did I do?" Yeah, exactly. Like, what did I do? Yeah. What did I do? Is this normal? Just how every kid, yeah. you know? What I know, mean? and my, my mom would go away, and all of a sudden his behavior would change. I'm like, uh, so I would learn very quickly to like get mad at my mom. Like, Why are you going? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> but on the other hand, though, like living in Dauphin, I met a lot of great people. Okay. Great friends. Sometimes I'm still friends with to this day. Nice. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm Aboriginal, First Nation, but you know, I don't have the, the clip, so to speak. The clip, what do you, you know, mean? like the, the, the accent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Dauphin, right? And I like to say that I was the, uh, the speck of pepper in the salt shaker, <laughs> so to speak. Oh yeah. Okay. And I was picked on a lot in, in uh, elementary school. You know, I'm not trying to tell a sob story. No, no. Right. This is, this is your life. It's yeah. It's just, this yeah. is just my story. Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> I'm not trying to throw guilt on your listeners. Um, this is just me talking. Sure. And I've actually gotten help for this kind of stuff, too. Okay. And uh, it's, you know, partially the reason why I don't drink anymore. Oh, okay. You no, know, 13 years nice. without a drink. Great. That's awesome. Sorry, I offered you a beer. No, it's, all, <laughs> no, it's all good. You, you didn't know. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, cool. It's all good. Um and <clears throat> so, like growing up in Dauphin, I didn't, I wasn't, 
I wasn't exposed to my culture at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with just friends and... Uh, and they were typically white friends there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... <clears throat> Gotta keep clearing my throat here. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I think I'm moving too fast though, but... You know, I grew up playing hockey, street hockey. I played in... Uh, Honestly, like when I lived in Guillaume, he threw, like he him he yeah. he threw me into sports right away. Oh, okay. so uh, he got me a pair of skates, and I'm like, you know, wearing them these things on my feet. I got the stick in my hand. I have no idea what <laughs> yeah. hockey is, right? Yeah, but I'm expected to play, and yeah. you know, like I I had no idea it's what hockey get you was. out of the house. You yeah. Think, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I same thing in Dauphin. Like I grew up playing like sports, and um, even though I had no I had no idea how to play hockey, I didn't know the rules or anything like that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I uh, grew up doing that, and we played street hockey, and um, you know, got into rumbles with other kids in the neighbor- in the neighborhood because yeah. like we were kind of good, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course, people get a little butthurt. Street hockey league, yeah. competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and we went, one time it got so bad we all got to a fight, and um, <clears throat> like the kid that lived across the street, he uh, his dad was a cop, an RCMP officer. No. But you know what? He came over and said, "Hey, I'm, I apologize to the way that uh, he oh, came and apologized on behalf of his that's son." Good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. But that's just the kind of community that, that I grew up in. And, you know, I, I delivered papers. I had a paper out when I was 12, 11 or 12. So I got this to do it. often? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I delivered the, uh, the Branded Sun and the Winnipeg Free Press. And, you know, I got to know the people in my neighborhood. Right. And they got to know me, you know. Which is more than a lot of people can say anywhere, especially mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think that, like, a lot of kids today, I don't really see kids doing that kind of stuff no, anymore, delivering really, papers, because no. it's... Well, nobody buys a paper. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, all, too, it's, all yeah. on, it's all online now. Mm-hmm. Online now, I get that, but... But it's the same idea. I totally get that. Yeah, kids don't... They just interact online yeah. instead yeah. of ever talking to each other. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't learn a lot of the social skills. It's all through Snapchat and Instagram, yeah. and they don't... It's not a lot of face-to-face conversation. Yeah, social media is not, it's not healthy. Yeah, yeah. It's especially not for healthy. kids. There's no reason yeah. that, a, that a teenager should have <clears throat> any of those things, really. Mm-hmm. What do you need it for? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I could see in case of emergency, yep. and you had to phone somewhere, but sure, I don't mind that. But otherwise, it's just bad for your brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can think of like how I grew up in Dauphin, and you know, I would be out by myself in my neighborhood, just mm-hmm. riding my bike. Yeah. I'd be at the, there's this, we had a tennis court right. down the street from us, so I'd be there. There's a hill there. And, there's a little monkey trail in there. Like, we call them the monkey trails. Though. There's trails in the bush. <laughs> right. You know? I remember when I was six, I'd be, uh, I was with my friend, and we were, we were driving through the monkey trails in Vermilion, Vermilion Park. Okay. And, you know, we were told not to go in there, but of course we went in there. Of course. And we got chased out by some kids, like big, big-ass <laughs> kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I was, so he ditched me right away, because... <laughs> So I'm not. I wasn't fast enough, right? So I fell off my bike, and then and then he's like, "We got one!" <laughs> and you, you could hear, I could hear him like blocks out. He's just, he's just screaming his ass off, right? Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So they let, then they let you go. At least? Yeah, well, yeah, they let you go. They're like, Get out of here! So I went home, and I remember just like just riding my bike, thinking like my heart's just pounding. And I'm just yeah. like thinking, what the hell just happened? And, <laughs> So I go downstairs and I'm like just trying to, oh my God, I hope my dad or my, you know, him doesn't yeah, ask right. me where it happened. But and then he shows up, my my friend, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, oh, thanks for ditching me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for yeah. So, but you know, <laughs> but you know, like, I don't think kids, you know, get exposed to that kind of stuff. No. You know? 
<clears throat> you know, I, I think it goes with too. Like a lot of parents now are a little more leery of letting their kids go Helicopter. as well. Helicopter a lot of, yeah, exactly. Is not helpful yeah. <laughs> in a lot of cases. Yeah, you know, and if your kid doesn't make mistakes, you know, how are they going to yeah. learn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so like I said, as I as I got older, um, the family life wasn't getting any better, and um, my younger brother and my youngest brother they came along, and. I think when my youngest brother, I think in 97 is when they got, when my parents, when they got divorced. Okay. And I was, in 97, I was 16 years old. And I remember that's, you know, I was just young, I was messed up, I was, you know, years later I, I, I was traumatized. Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I was angry and I, I, you know, started acting out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I stopped doing very good. I stopped doing well in school. I would go, but I would just skip, you know, right. I would, you know, smoke, smoke. I started smoking pot when I was 16. Mm-hmm. I, would, I was drinking, started drinking when I was 12. Oh, wow. With, uh, yeah, other kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, it wasn't like we were just, like, buying a bottle of, like, you know, Jack Daniels and, you know, like, <laughs> right. drinking a 2-6 every, yeah. you know, it yeah. wasn't like that. We were just, like... Taking the little Mickey's, those sips from Mickey's from our yeah. parents, you know, parents, friends, right. you know, liquor cabinet, and just trying to be cool. Trying to be cool, yeah. yeah trying yeah. to experiment, yeah. Take a sip of the vodka, put some water back. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who didn't? Who didn't do that? Right? Yeah. You buy a Pepsi bottle at school and you drink the top third and pour some liquor in there yeah. and close it. No yeah, exactly. One, no one yeah. knows. Yeah, no exactly. One knows. Yeah. <laughs> so, after uh, let's see here. After a while. Um, yeah, I started acting out in, in uh, school and. And yeah, had you gone to Winnipeg this time, or are you still in Dauphin? No, I was still in Dauphin. I didn't move to, to Winnipeg till I was uh, 2003. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they uh, they had graduated and they had moved on to uh, university and they started living their lives and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. me, I was just content with just work, you know living on my own. Like I moved out when I was uh, I think 18. Okay. You know, I lived with a friend. Uh, lived with a friend on. Uh, we had a uh, two bedroom apartment on Main Street. And we had some wild times in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Uh, we had, I think we had more alcohol, more, more empties than we had, uh, like, food. <laughs> we had, like, a wall of empties. And we just, and we, it was, you know what? It was probably, like, 12 feet long and yeah. probably, like, 10 feet high. That's right. what you do when you're young. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly, right? So. <laughs> it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, like, you know, I had fun. Yeah. You know, I had fun. And then eventually, after a year, a couple of years of just doing that, working, up, I, you know, getting up to go to work, I worked at uh, I was a, <laughs> I was a chef in a very uh, popular restaurant, uh, KFC. <laughs> <laughs> some high dining. Yeah, some fine dining. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I lived off of KFC for about four years. But oh God, I'm amazing. You can still walk. I know. Right? No doubt. <laughs> well, I'm diabetic now, so oh. there, there's that. Oh, <laughs> You're actually diabetic. Yeah. Oh God. So. <laughs> But you know what? I got to know, like, uh, I partied with the, with the boss, with the, uh, the owner's son. Okay. He was like forty at the time. Oh, cool. <laughs> he still, but he still acted like he was twenty. Right. Oh, that's something and, to strive for, right? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> and he would, he would give us, he'd like take us to concerts. He took, he took yeah, he took us to concerts and like. He Which gave, KFC was it? It's in Dauphin. Oh, oh the one right on Main, there, right yeah. on the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been there a few times. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Make sure you. Uh, Give them my respects. <laughs> will do. Will do. <laughs> um, yeah, like that was just my life, and eventually, you know, like you can go two ways, right? You can go left, or you can go right in life. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, left being like the good way, the right sure. being, you know, the opposite of good. Right. <laughs> so, the wrong way, perhaps? Yeah, the wrong way, I guess. Yeah. And that's the way I, I went for a while. Okay. I, uh, I was, I got involved in, uh, I guess, the drug culture a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, I started going to raves. Okay. Not in Dauphin, but I would go come here to to Winnipeg. Can't right? imagine Dauphin. Right. Yeah. yeah, I know. There wouldn't be no a big scene thing. up there. Exactly. It's me and maybe another Country Fest is close yeah, to get to a rave. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in a garage <laughs> with flashing lights and yeah. just well, you're know to yourself. Yeah. I always say, I always say, I went to the first 20 Country Fests and I never ever saw a show. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've still never been to Country Fest. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and then, yeah, I started going to raves and I started to uh, imbibe you know, those kind of the drugs associated with raves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started doing uh, uh, crystal meth. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. that's, yeah, 13 years clean is over from crystal meth. Wow. Oh, good thing. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. That's good awesome. And, but, you know, looking back, I was lost. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't know how to find my way and I was really messed up from my childhood and, uh, yeah. you know. Finding ways to cope. Exactly. Finding mm -hmm. ways to cope. Wow. Um, and what happened was I moved here to Winnipeg, or not here, it's Steinbeck, yeah, but right. I moved to Winnipeg, and I went to college, and <laughs> it's so stupid, but I remember going to the interview at college, and I was still, I was still messed up on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to the admissions officer, and the, the walls were doing this, or... <laughs> Wavy and I was talking. She's like, "You'd fit in just perfectly here." <laughs> she had no idea. But I went. To, like, I went to college and I gave it the old college try. Yeah. And you know, I managed to graduate. Oh, good. Yeah. But yeah. I, what did you go to school for? Uh, computer network technology. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah. 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 Cool. So that's what I did. And after I finished college, I got a job right away, and <clears throat> you know, the party was on. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was still partying all through college and all that. I was trying to do that, right? And but I started to, uh, you know, like I, I like I said before, I, w I got out, of, like I went to the raves and all that, I was doing the rave scene, and uh, got out of that for a while. Attended college, maybe partied a little bit here and there with this, this those those substances, and then after college, I just, you know, went hard or what? went hard, right? Yeah. And what happened there was I, 2006, I went to a six-week treatment center. Oh, really? In, okay. in the city? Uh, in Pegwis. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I, like anything, right, I just give the old college try. Yeah. And I stayed clean and sober for about six months. And then I thought, what's the use? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, th I found out... <laughs> Through a lot of tr uh, a lot of pain, that I mean, you could be sober, but if you're not going to be doing things to fix yourself, yeah, like right. the root causes, yeah, eventually you're just going to start drinking again. And you're just going to be miserable, mm -hmm. miserable, yeah, because yeah. now you don't you don't even have that coping mechanism anymore. So now you're still traumatized and hurt, but right. you have no way of no way of fixing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, a dry yeah. drunk. Oh yeah, affecting your and you know yeah. like. You think that you're using and drinking doesn't affect anybody, mm -hmm. but it, it's they call it the family disease. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I mean, there's there's a lot of times where <clears throat> I, uh, you know, I haven't I didn't you know, I I talked about my mom in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It was just her and I, 
Yeah. You know, and she was, um, you know, she had her own problems too, right? Of course. And she had her own problems with alcohol, and you know, she got clean and sober before I did. Mm -hmm. And you know, her, we didn't really talk that much throughout my through my using years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, she told me after that she was like she would wait. And she would like wonder when you know she would get the phone call, uh, you know. Like I found we found your son. Yeah, you know, right. Like those kind of phone calls. So, jeez. Oh, you know, when you hear that, it's like damn. You know. Yeah. So, um, it's gonna rewind just a little bit here. Um, sure. See, my mom, she was she went to residential school, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you guys know about it now. I so was little, just reading up on it a little bit more, but yeah, I'm a bit more aware of it as well. It's. Yeah. It's all over the news. Mm -hmm. You know, 2008 is when Stephen Harper apologized. Formally. Oh, yeah. Formally. Right. Whatever that means. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, like, how many, like, when do you think the first residential school opened? Uh, actually, I was just reading about it this morning, but I'm trying to think what the date was. I know they were talking about it. Actually, apparently it dates back to, like, the French were trying to do it in the 1600s, apparently. But then I think like eighteen oh, yeah. six ish. Eighteen seventy. Yeah. Eighteen seventy. Okay. Yeah. And it was meant to kill the Indian in the child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? When do you think the last when do you think the last residential school closed? This one I know. <laughs> Nineteen ninety six. Yeah. 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 Do you know where that one was? Saskatchewan. Uh, Jesus. I know it's crazy. When I first heard that it blew my mind. I was like, 1996? Yeah, like, how does that make you guys feel? Yeah, no. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I, you know, I thought maybe, okay, they were done like the 50s, 60s yeah. kind of thing. But Which is what I always kind of heard. But, but right. And actually, that, that's a good thing to ask, because Randy and I are both not indigenous. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but growing up, like, we'd always hear all the rumors, all, or all the, the myths and all the, the bullshit that people like to talk about, you know, that, that you know... Indians, quote unquote, they're they're lazy and they get everything yeah. for free, and then yeah. you know why don't they just get over it? Why aren't we yeah, done exactly. get over and it? And then when I heard that not that long ago that the residential schools were going until 1996, mm -hmm. I'm like, I was six years old when the last one closed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's and you expect them to be over it, quote yeah, unquote. Right. What, what do you think years? that does to a family unit? Though? Oh God, no, I can only imagine. When it, it, it tears it apart, exactly. And not only that, but like the cultural significance of it. So now, like again, I was just reading this morning a book by. I have it here, Chelsea Powell, Jesse Vowell, yeah, uh, Indigenous Rights, uh, and it's, I haven't read all of it, but I was kind of reading through some of the myths and stuff, and um, basically, and not only that, but also the other one there, the 21 Things You May Not Know About the Indian Act by Bob, Bob Joseph, Joseph. Uh, both really interesting books, um, but basically, he was saying that they would get pulled off from their homes, men, most, no, not mostly, but many times forcefully, because the parents could... It's the law. Voluntarily bring it's the them. law. I know they had to, but they, they could give them their kids. And if they didn't give them their they're kids, taken. then the government would come and take them. Yeah. And so they're saying when they were on these residential schools, they weren't allowed to like practice their own religion. They weren't allowed to speak their language. So then when they would go they got home. punished. Exactly. There, I read something in this book that one of the punishments, the harshest ones, they would they would put a sewing needle through their tongue if they got caught speaking oh, their, their native language. Geez. So either they'd wash their mouth out with soap, they'd Fuck smack them, them, they'd beat them, or they'd pierce their tongue with a needle. Okay, like, what the so, fuck? You, okay <laughs> so you, Reg, yeah. you're, imagine being seven years old. Yeah. You're outside playing. Uh -huh. Your friends, your brothers and sisters. Sure. And <clears throat> you're with your family, you're speaking your language. I'm, I'm talking about, you're not, not as an indigenous person, but oh, you sure. right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay? 
and then somebody comes along and they just take you. Yeah. You don't know where you're going. They don't yeah. tell you anything. And you're at school. All of a sudden, you're, you're talking to these people, uh, you know, nuns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're, you're like, what am I doing here? But you don't want to, you don't want to ask the question because they're, they're speaking to you in English. Exactly. You might not even have the language. You get slapped. Yeah. You get punished. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does that do to, what does that oh. do to you? Yeah. They'll oh. mess you up. And, uh, yeah, exactly right. And then, so then, it's blowing my mind. After school is done for the year, you go home, and you're alienated now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know? Because yeah, you, you, everything you've learned in school is teaching you that everything your parents and your grandparents and everything you've ever known is, is wrong. sinful, barbaric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's all garbage. Yeah. And, you know, and you, yeah, so now you're now stuck between the culture that you used to have, the culture that you're being forced to have, and where are you, right? Like, you don't want, now you're kind of, you don't want either of them necessarily. So, like, I totally understand the whole, like, generational like trauma that caused like yeah. how, mm-hmm. how, how do you find where you fit in you don't mm-hmm. fit in anywhere right. you're <laughs> stuck yeah. in a, a twilight zone of yeah. just, you know where do you belong that's right yeah that's a good way to put that twilight zone exactly you're in the upside down right? yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> I don't it, it, uh, it totally blows my mind and the fact that, that we can throw a little <clears throat> a little federal platitude in 2008 or whatever to say yeah we fucked we're up we're sorry yeah, yeah we fucked up sorry we'll do better yeah. we'll do better mm-hmm. but have we? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Reconciliation. Yeah. You know? Good a good word, whether it comes of anything, is, mm-hmm. right. is what remains to be seen. See, like, like, like what I said about being seven years old, like, that's what happened, what happened to my mom. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And probably, like, her and, yeah, family and above that. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So she just got snatched out of the yard. Yep. Holy fuck. took her away. Insane. She, she she thought she was taken away when she was ten years old. Okay. But mm-hmm. she actually got records. She got access to her records, and she mm-hmm. found out she was seven years old. Okay. So imagine being like so traumatized that yeah. you just block that. Right. Out exactly. Of your mind. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. three years gone like that. And mm-hmm. those are very formative years too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that fuck. Not being connected to your mom. Yeah. You know? And they might not even let you go home for. And they, uh, I was reading they they only let they would often only let them go home on Christian holidays. So they wouldn't follow any of their own native traditional, cultural yeah, right. traditional yeah. days. So they'd be like, "Oh, you can go home for Christmas," yeah. which probably means virtually nothing to many indigenous cultures. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they actually had said uh, they po- um, in Twenty One Things they listed a, a a memo, I guess, that one of those residential school principals had had released saying that we're going to let your child you know, your child has the privilege of going home to you for Christmas. Privilege, exactly. Right. It's your privilege to spend Christmas with you. But on two conditions, they have you have to pick them up yourself, or write in and arrange for another person from your band or, or reserve to pick up your kids. And two, you have to bring them back. And if you don't, then they might not be allowed home next Christmas. So they're basically like extorting you into mm-hmm. being able yeah, to see your kids. It's a kid. punishment to spend time yeah, with your family. Like, like two weeks a year, you might be able to see them. And if you don't follow these strict government rules, mm-hmm. then you'll never see them the next year. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and like it's terrible. It's terrible. It's a black guy on like tomorrow. Tomorrow's Canada Day. Yeah, yeah. I haven't felt uh, Canadian. I don't feel proud. I don't feel proud to be Canadian. Wow. Yeah, that's heavy. Right. And this is just recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, learning about all this stuff. Sure. You know, like my own journey too. Like, like I said, I grew up, you know, white essentially. Yeah. Right. And I didn't really. I started. Like learning my own culture when I was in a treatment center. 
Yeah. And I guess whatever's left of it too, right? That's kind of the problem. Like, well, I started yeah. attending sweat lodges. Okay, cool. Okay. What's that like? <clears throat> um, what's it like? My only experience with sweat lodge is watching it on Shameless when they put them in the sweat lodge too. Like, right. But <laughs> <laughs> just totally that. not. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, what's it like? I I remember being scared. Mm-hmm. I remember crying. And were you detoxing at the time? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the first time I went to uh, I was in I was in Martha De- I was in Martha Street detox. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar. I was I was on the street and I was on the streets of Winnipeg. I was on a huge meth binge. Okay. And I lost contact. I purposely lost contact with my family. Mm. Right. And I was ignoring their phone calls. And I was in a relationship at the time, and I had broken it off with her. Okay. <laughs> And she was the one that phoned my mom and told her what was going on, what was really going on. Okay. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> man. So then they took me to the hospital, the emergency room, and they, uh, you know, meth was kind of like a new thing, I guess, at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Right now, it's like, it's, it's like, crazy it's right, sexy now. right now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, didn't, like, they didn't know what to do. They're like, well, he's just got to go home and sleep. He's got to sleep. I went up for, I was up for a long time. Wow. Right. Yeah. I it's was pretty like, common. Psychosis. Yeah. Yes. I was wow. seeing things. I was hallucinating. And, but I went to Martha Street Detox, August 12th, 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I remember, like, when you first go in there, well, at the old entrance, you go in there. It's like it's just like a it's like a drunk tank basically. Okay. Yeah. The first part the, f- the first part of it is just a drunk tank. There's blue mats on the floor. I'm thinking, this is a rehab. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not staying here. You know. Yeah. Like, Indignant or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I was like, no, no, it's in the back. So I go. We go in the back and I meet everybody and I am terrified. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a new thing. I'm terrified. Absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, eventually people started coming up to me talking to me and you know and then what happened was uh, a gentleman came in he was by himself he, um, his name is Adam and I'm saying his name because uh, he passed away uh, about nine okay. years ago now but uh, he he 12-step community okay okay they have they have uh, 12-step meetings there it's like AA yeah right? mm-hmm. yeah um, but you know, he he chaired a meeting, and I was listening to him, and it was just like a light bulb just mm-hmm. went off, like a sw- someone turned the light bulb on. So I'm thinking, like, how the hell? Like he's talking the way that I was feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't right. really. I was so traumatized. I never really talked. Yeah. I was so quiet, yeah. you know. And then when someone when someone was speaking my language, I was like, oh my god, he's he's saying the way I was feeling. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> it just like it brought me back to life. You know, I was I was there for ten days, and it was probably like probably one of the best experiences I ever had in my life. Yeah. You know, like I, I maybe slept for the first three days. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was only getting up to eat, and then um, as soon as I got out, I was uh, got out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was in jail or something. Yeah. Right? But I did three days. And got out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did ten days and got out. <laughs> yeah. So then um, we I started attending the twelve step groups. And I eventually went to rehab at. Uh, at Pegwis, and okay. I started to, and then you know I was, I was doing that sweat lodge thing, mm-hmm. and I was doing ceremonies, and you know, going to powwows, and every time I, you know, every time I heard the drum, I would just start crying, just, really? mm-hmm. just you know, just start crying. Some sort of like 
genetic cultural memory or something even if you so, never yeah. really right. dealt with it, it felt like i was a part of yeah yeah, yeah. i think it these are my people yeah, finally exactly. right yeah. i can i can it's, appreciate I this wow. yeah i felt i was a part of again mm -hmm. and <clears throat> wasn't it recently indigenous day what? Was it yeah last, last friday yeah. That's right. yeah yeah yeah, I just stay inside though. Oh. <laughs> it was too hot to go out, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's tell, how you do it. Yeah. Tell this crazy story, right? And I'm just like, nah, I stay all night. Yeah. <laughs> At least you have the privilege to do I'm that. Good, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm not that good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you, you know, standing at the window. <laughs> exactly. I watch it on TV. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you, but I love, yeah. Yeah. I love the air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. I love the air conditioning. I like being cool. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah, here you go. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, I, um, you know, I just started, like, started learning about my own culture. And um, it just felt like, it felt right, yeah. you know. And eventually, uh, I started I started drinking again. I started oh, okay. using it again yeah. for about another year. And then it came back again, December 9th, 2006. And uh, I've been sober ever since. And, you know... I just think that my, my life has been, I say I've been at the right place at the right time, okay. you know, and I don't, I, I just, I've always met the right people, you know, I've always uh, just been at the right place at the right time. Um, after, I remember when I got my first job out of treatment, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> his name was, uh, his name was Peter, and he was an older guy, an older, older gentleman. He must have been in his pushing 60, I guess, by at the time. Okay. okay. Um, you know, he he hired hired me, and I started working at the, this computer job, and we started going up north, and, you know, he said that, we started talking on the way up to, uh, we were going, actually going up to, uh, I think it was Whiskey Jack, Whiskey Jack Treatment Center. It's for, mm -hmm. for youth. What a weird I know. Weird, yeah. Weird, it was a weird coincidence, too. Yeah. Like going to a treatment center. Hmm, I just got out of treatment. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back. But we started talking, and, you know, he kind of, he asked what I was up to. And I was like, oh, you really want to know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So I told him. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, you know what, Mike? I believe in giving people chances. And I want to give you a chance. I was like, Good. right. Thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I worked for that guy for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. We need more people like that in yeah. the world. Yeah. And he, he's a Christian man. Yeah. You know, and I, there's nothing wrong with that at all, right? Yeah. No. We had, we had, I wouldn't say debates, but we'd have these long conversations in the office. And, you know, like I really respect him for that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we, his, a lot of his clients were, uh, were, like First Nations, okay. Mm -hmm. So like he was very like aware of like situations on on reserves and all that, mm -hmm. right? So but he just like he, he would always try to like kind of come to some kind of conclusion oh, okay. on how to fix it, which <laughs> is great. Yeah, impossible maybe, but impossible, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, impossible. Because it's easy to bitch about it, but hard to fix it, right? That's, but, you know, that's but there's this problem. twenty year old kid, and, yeah. You know, twenty six year old kid and this you know sixty year old man. Yeah, like right. You know, kind of coming together on yeah. certain issues and stuff like that. Just kind of what you need, you know, connecting the generations, right? Right. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. And you know what? He gave me, like, I was pretty much, I was going up up there on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd rent me a car or whatever or get me plane tickets. And I'd, you know, I'd tr work all over the north. I'd work, uh, you know, Shimadawa, Lac Prochet, Brochet, and Tadouli Lake. Like, I'd, Norway House, like, I'd. By myself. Wow. Mm -hmm. what, what was that like coming from a predominantly white upbringing? Um, 
traumatic as it was, um, to then go onto these reserves and, and deal with people that are like in the shit. You know what I mean? Like, Poverty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Maybe re- really more aware. Okay. I mean, I already knew that because like, um, like we grew up. Like when I was growing up, my mom would take us back to the reserve. Okay. Me and my brothers, we go to the reserve. Mm-hmm. And so, you, were you born on the reserve? No, I was born in Swan River. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we. <laughs> I always joke about this, but I remember like my first like conscious visits to the reserve. My great grandmother, uh, she we'd pull up to her house, her house in the reserve, and she'd come out the front door and she would just dump her slop pail right outside the oh right God. outside the door. Oh, and that's geez. my first that's my first memory. Yeah. You know? Wow, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> you know? oh. they didn't have running water. Yeah, they didn't have running plumbing. You know, mm-hmm. they would have they would have they would depend on a truck to come deliver their water. Yeah, you know, they right. just put it in. Had these, they have these big like buckets, like yeah. gallon, like you know, of like water. Reservoirs, right. I guess, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, holding tanks. Holding tanks. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Jesus. And that was in, I guess, the eighties. Eighties. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not that long ago. What What's the town closest to the reserve that you are like the Swan River? Okay. It's about an hour. Oh, hour okay. south. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, go on. So when you were, you interacting with them on a, on a level. I guess we all intuitively know, um, based on whatever we learn in school or people that we interact with, that, that we know that reserves, well, for lack of a better word, suck, right? Like, and, and we kind of all know that, like, especially like, the white folks, like, we all know it, but like, it's easy to just say, eh, someone else's problem. Yeah, how yeah. often do we go there and actually yeah, see it? exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I find that kind of interesting that your perspective growing up amongst, I guess, us. <laughs> I'm not saying us. that. I don't really like saying that, but yeah. but you know what I mean. And and then to kind of see that, it, it must be a little bit sobering, I guess, or to be like put into perspective of what they are dealing with. I guess mm-hmm. they're still dealing with that. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Many of them are. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I th- I always found that aber- like Aboriginal people, First Nations, Indigenous people have like. A wonderful sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They almost have to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they always like, like I always, I always felt welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> they always, people, they were always interested in to get, getting to know me and stuff like that. And you know, if sometimes if I see if I see uh, a person that I used to like, I used to you know, that I knew up there in, in, in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. say to Walmart or something like that, like, they would say hi to me and you know we talk and get and say hey, how's, like what are you doing now? Yeah. And, you know, like what I mean, like it's. They're very friendly people. I say they, you know what I mean, but sure. like, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's no no other way really. It's a community, right. yeah, exactly. Very community, very community oriented. Now, some communities are, especially right now. I mean, they have always dealt with alcohol issues and bootleggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, there's, you know, a lot more meth on communities. Oh, yeah. Right. And you know what that's doing to, like, it's I don't know. I guess it's. Uh, Making the divide in families a lot more, right? You know, which also brings up the whole children in care. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. It's I've I've worked in uh, I did respite. You know, oh, yeah. I told you before. Yep. I used to do respite for, yep. and you know, like these all these kids. Like to me, like the the province labeled these kids the worst of the worst. But to me, they were just kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have some, like, you know, bad days. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, 
like, they come from really horrible situations. Yeah. You know, and, and I, to me, like, <clears throat> I'm very empathetic, at, like, mm -hmm. as a person, yeah. I think. And, like, I understood them. And sometimes, you know, they need to blow up steam and swear, mm -hmm. and, you know, let them. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem with a lot of the... The, the government sweeping mandates, or it's you know, or, or you know, they force you know, not necessarily forcing, but they're taking kids away, and then they don't actually take into consideration you know, put what happened. Families, yeah, exactly. Or not only that, but like, what happened to these kids? What's their background? Instead yeah. of just saying, uh, "Susie's from this reserve. Uh, she's a bit of a shit show. Here, take care of her." Yeah. They don't tell you anything about what her family's like, what they dealt with. You know, you know, it's kind of well. They have they a, uh, what they do is what they they have a family history. Uh -huh. They write a family history of the child, so that. Um, I, th I think what happens is when they put the kid in foster care, uh, they kind of give the, the foster parents like a family history. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But still, it's kind so of. So they have broad, an idea of yeah. what they're about to, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> so you can you can see that you know issues with like First Nations is pretty complex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, what do we do, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> But I mean, like, I kind of lost my place where I was. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, respite, well, working with kids. Working with kids, but before that, I, was talk I stopped to talk about my mom's history and with the residential schools. Residential schools, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, kind of, it's all like, yeah, yeah. That kind of, that's just it. Like, yeah. there's so much shit that's happened yeah. to these people, right? Like, it's. Where do you start? Yeah. Like, where do you go with it, yeah. right? How do you fix families? And you're going right. back from, like, 1870, where, you know, the Indian Act and all that stuff. It's just, like, it's all so plus, you know, first treaties, and then, then now they have amend them, and mm -hmm. then they amend the act, and then the act. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Sure. Was with, like, you know, we both, it's, we both work for the same place. I'm not going to say it. All three of us do. Mm -hmm. Oh, you work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. What do you do? Uh, underground construction. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> not, naming, not naming any. Yeah, name yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it broad. <laughs> but, you know, they, it's they have really, issues. They yeah. have dams up north, mm -hmm. you know. And, like, those dams have flooded, uh, like, hunting lands, like, yeah. ceremonial lands. Basically sacred lands. Sa in yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel really... Conflicted. I believe that. Yeah, no I feel the same way sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and like, how do you fix that? Like, yeah. you can't. No, I don't yeah. know if you can. You know, I mean, the only thing you can do, which they claim to be doing, I don't know if that's true or not, but to to, to have a better relationship and actually like communicate with. Well, they, it's called duty to consult. Yeah, you have to consult with First Nations before you. But whether you have to actually listen to them or not is kind of the issue, isn't it? Well, if yeah, you have the government behind you, creating lands for like. Yeah. I mean, look what's happening out west with the with the pipelines. Yeah, right. You know, like a lot of the First Nations out there are blocking the pipeline from, from mm -hmm. being built on mm -hmm. their on their lands with good reason too, because there's pro you know oil being spilt. You know, like how do you clean that up? Plus, right. not only that, like but water. trucks and people and everything just yeah, like exactly. leaving their waste and yeah. you know yeah. ripping the shit out of stuff. And the problem is that a lot of the time the federal government can just come in and basically appropriate the land as they see fit because technically reserve land is the government. It's government land, yeah. And uh, it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like with the Indian Act, like Native people are words of the government essentially. Yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. they don't we're not recognized as people. No. Mm -hmm. you know? Legally now you are, but for a long, long time they were not. Right. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. kind of the problem. They couldn't vote till nineteen sixty. Yep. <laughs> yep. What's what's crazy to me is reading some of these books and, and looking into it, when when the British Crown took over Canada or made it the Dominion of Canada, or whatever, their first decree was actually more accepting of natives than the Canadian constitution began. Yeah. 
Like they were open to it. They're like, we need to, you know, uh, work together with the indigenous. We need to uh, live in harmony, and then you know we can kind of build a society and use. Mm -hmm. We're only going to use land that they either seed or we sell from to uh, that they sell to us or whatever. And and uh, at least in broad strokes, it seemed like a better plan than mm -hmm. what it became. Because now it's basically like they weren't allowed to have guns. They weren't allowed to drink. They weren't allowed to leave without a permit. They, they weren't, weren't allowed, allowed to, to leave without the Indian agent telling. Exactly. Telling them to yep. Leave. Yeah. It's it's crazy, <clears throat> and they weren't allowed to uh, get legal uh, aid or, or uh, to get like a lawyer, or no one could donate money to the reserve for them to get lawyers. So if the government comes in and says, we're taking this tract of land, they're like, hey, 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 hold on, yeah. that violates our treaty. Yeah. Where's a lawyer? And they're like, no, 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 uh, a government agent will uh, arbitrate for you on behalf of you, yeah, on behalf of you. against us. Without, like, uh, yeah, but they couldn't actually get their own lawyers. It, it yeah. blows my mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's infuriating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, especially from our perspective, because like, I'm not te technically of European descent, I guess, but you know, white people in general, like... Like, how many generations? Uh, that's a good question. I think... I don't actually even know. Ancestrally, they came from Russia, Ukraine-ish, but I think most of the settlers were, what, British and, and uh, French? But I don't, Typically, they, yeah. Somewhere in there, I'm sure there is, but that doesn't matter, really. Like, uh, we still... Because we're under the, the banner of Canada, we still hold some, some blame or some responsibility for this. Right. And uh, I've actually had discussions with some people as well where, it's, where they say, like... Um, why don't people, if, because I was describing that, we forced all of these people away from their land or manipulated them or, you know, made it sound good to them or they, or they didn't understand kind of the, the things that we were they telling made, them. Made it sound real good. Exactly. And then we show up and we're like, oh, no, that's not what we said. And then, so basically we forced them into the reserves. Um, in many cases, they're in, like, non-economically viable communities. Mm -hmm. They have virtually no land, and they, they're isolated. Nobody Put can get there. Pieces of piece of shit land. Exactly. Yeah. Just out of the do? way. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then now, um, I've heard it said that, well, why don't they just? Because you're allowed to leave whenever you want. You just give up your status, right? Yep. But why, why don't people just leave and go get jobs? And like, my thinking was, well, the only culture they have left that they're attached to is on that reserve. Your family's there. Everything you've ever known is there. Your experience mm -hmm. is there. Exactly. So if you leave, now you can't ever live back on that reserve once you because you can't reapply for status once you leave, can you? I think once you You're lose it, you can't put it on the spot with that question, but I'm not sure. But I think I think you, well, even if you can, you don't lose your status when you leave when you leave the reserve. Well, no. if, okay, maybe not, but no. it just it makes it yeah. difficult to come back at the very least, especially when they're isolated like that. Well. So I can understand why people aren't leaving in droves to work somewhere no, else that they're not familiar with. No, That's basically didn't. my point. I might miss some of the stuff, but like, you know, it's like totally get why you don't want to leave because everything you know is there. Yeah, Especially exactly. culture. Right? Yeah, exactly. Whether it's shitty or not, it's still your yeah. home, right? It's still your shitty home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, yeah, you don't lose your status when you leave the reserve. Okay. You know, you can come and go as you. Please. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think I think I, I meant like I guess enfranchisement or whatever. Maybe. You... Maybe. Back, yeah, in sure. Early, you know, okay, yeah, yeah maybe. But I mean, like, I was watching. Uh, what was I watching? I was watching a YouTube video this morning. And it was actually on the Indian Act, actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> for some reason I don't know. <laughs> but uh, like, 1986 is when they made it illegal. Like, there was a if you were a Native woman that married a white man mm -hmm. before 1986, you lost your status. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was enfranch enfranchisement or whatever yeah. they call that. Yeah. And then their kids. They're not eligible for, for treaty status. Yeah, right. Yeah. Same thing with Métis. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. So, 
I know it's crazy. I've asked a, a, a guy I used to work for. Um, he's full Métis, uh, and then he married uh, a status woman, but because he's Métis, his kids are not status or can't be status or something like that. Something, some weird sort of because there's, there's a weird way it works. Technically, yeah. he's not reserve Indian, then you know what I mean. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, I mean that's part of the problem, isn't it? Where we, where we measure, because uh, apparently it's a very European system of like you have a quarter of this blood, and so then you must automatically be that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I don't know. Does, is that colonial? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. But is that indigenous to you? Because I've I've heard it said that. You don't, no matter how much native you have in you, like you don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're indigenous or, or that you should be part of the tribe or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Or is it just sort of us? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm making a cohesive point here, but, uh, but you know what I mean? It's like, is it just a system that we're so used to now because it's been like that for generations because the British imposed it on the tribes that is that what we think is normal? Or do you think that's actually how it is where it's like... You have to have X amount of blood to be. Well, if, if you're not thirty percent or more, yeah. are you technically treaty status? Is yeah. or, I mean, the Indian Act is a British yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, do you think before the Europeans came along that the indigenous referred to themselves as treaty status? No. no. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly right. So yeah, I this is your answer. answer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's it's sad. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of a question. I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back. Um, well, I mean, like I said, I was like I, before I was I was talking. I was saying that uh, I would go up to these places and I would see firsthand, mm-hmm. you know, what it was like. And sometimes, you know, I went to Shimadawa and it looked like it was like a whole other time period. Right. You know what I mean? It was so. Isolated, remote, and the people were still wearing glasses that looked like it was from like the 40s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, tinted big lenses. Yeah, yeah big huge. bottle glasses. And I'm thinking, it's 2007. Like, what the hell's going on here? You know? Yeah. They're going to Cuba and get all their cars. They're like from. Yeah, from the 50s. Mm-hmm. From the 50s, because they don't allow like imports. Or yeah. Like that, right. Mm-hmm. So. And then you know the problems on reserve. Like I don't. I've never lived on reserve, but I can see how. You know, the, today's youth, how they feel disenfranchised, you yeah. know? How, because uh, they have, like, you know, satellite TV, mm-hmm. you know, and they see this, what's portrayed on TV, and, you know, yeah. they see, like, the lifestyle of, like, the rich or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, how, and then here you are on some remote reserve in some forested area, northern Canada, and you're just like, yeah. what the hell? You know? Yeah. I can see that. I can totally yeah. feel it. You know, relate to that. Sure, for sure. But uh, and I was talking about you know working with the the youth. Well, not work. You know what I mean? Like you know, working alongside mm-hmm. with the youth. And um, I just think that uh, where am I going with this? You're gonna edit some of this right out, so there's no yeah, pauses. I probably won't. Just, <laughs> like, just, keep, just keep it raw. Okay. Keep it raw. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just like. It's so complicated on how to uh, I wouldn't say fix I probably would say fix Where (laughs) where do you start? Yeah, that's the problem I was actually going to ask you that From your perspective uh, You've been a lot more involved in kind of indigenous stuff Than than either Randy or myself Mm -hmm. Um, 
can you think of any path, what, even if it's pie in the sky, like Joe Rogan always says, you know, say you're you know, king of the world, what's the first thing that you would do to try and get us on the, on the, on the straight and narrow here? That's a very good question. Yeah. Get rid of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the first one for sure. Sure. But even that's a Pandora's box of like, how much money? How and yeah, what? Exactly. Yeah, what, what, yeah. what resources do we use? I know, I yeah. get it, right? And whose resources? That's what a lot of people get butthurt about, right? Yeah. It's just like, why are we supporting all that? Yeah. But like, now I'm paying the taxes that are yeah. going to pay for this, blah, blah, blah. But, but we did it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of the thing, right? And, and it, We are responsible. Yeah, it's yeah. so easy to say we've given however many millions and billions and whatever, and then we pay for this and that and the other stuff, but a lot of that is myths and a lot of yeah, it's... Yeah, you don't. No, it's very... And we're basically... Like I was talking to a, a guy that we know that will remain nameless, but he was he works for the government. He was talking about um, basically kind of everything is documented, everything is broken down. Each reserve mm-hmm. gets X amount of money per you know population. Is that but Brian Pallister, your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No way, man. You should have him on though. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, right. He wouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> he would definitely not. Yeah. Uh, he'd probably bill us for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's too busy being in Costa Rica right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so then, uh, damn it, I lost it. So it's so like you said, it's about. broken down. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everything's uh, so that's often the myth, especially around here, where you hear people say like, "Oh, we're or just money go." Heavily conservative. Yeah, areas. I've even asked you right. that before because I didn't even know. I was totally ignorant, and I'm asking like, so it always sounds like the money gets given to the indigenous. It's kind of how it's always on the media. They're always like, "We've we've given to the <clears throat> reserves," but like no one has ever described kind of how. It's broken down, but right. it should be obvious. A government's not just going to, you know, walk up to a yeah. reserve, here's, drop a pile of money. Here's a million. Go, go yeah, yeah, yeah. Do with it as you please, right? Yeah. Like, the, of course, it's all documented. It has to be. He actually showed me a, uh, a broken down. I don't know if he was allowed to or not, but it was like a broken down spreadsheet. It was a spreadsheet, but it's apparently it's slightly different than what's publicly available or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it basically broke it down like um, for every everything. It, it's all based on some of its grants, some of its flex, some of its permanent whatever but it's it's all very well documented mm-hmm. and like that's what they're stuck with right mm-hmm. so it's like the, the myth of, of us just throwing money at it is is kind of wrong but at the same time we're not even giving enough is what what he was saying in well, many cases we're not right yeah. i mean but, look, look at the education system oh exactly right. i think that was what it boils down to like you were saying you know get rid of poverty and i agree educate i think we need exactly yeah. education but not necessarily in such a way that's forcing them you know what i mean like but yeah. if you want to learn basic skills, you want to learn to trade maps or something. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's super important. Well, and like I think he was saying to you too, like it's, people don't realize it's broken down. So say this reserve gets X amount of money to send 20 kids to college every mm-hmm. year, right? Like people don't see that either. They just say, oh, but I get to go to school for free. Exactly. Well, that's not the case, it's right? not the case at all. They're <laughs> given, it's all broken down. It's doled out. This kid gets this, this kid gets this, and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. right? People just don't know that. Yeah. So and it's, it's often not even full scholarships. It's like you might get... We might, get your, you might get your first year paid. Exactly. Right. We might have enough to send five kids pay their first semester. The rest you'll have to get government funding or like any other kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I don't know. That's see, I think I'm, exactly. Like, <clears throat> I guess, see, I, I don't know too much about the Indian Act. Sure. But I would think maybe scrapping the Indian, Indian yeah. Act would probably be the next step. To Apparently, um, our, or our beloved leader's dad had gotten rid of it, had, had <clears throat> proposed. Removing it, 1969, uh, Elliot Trudeau, Pierre Elliot Trudeau, had proposed totally removing the Indian Act, 
um, removing the whole status treaty, basically just starting fresh and being use like, it or lose it. Yeah, right. exactly, and basically get rid of it. But he got such a backlash from everybody, basically, because it would I forget exactly why. But basically, there were probably because um, I think a lot of the indigenous were feeling that the government they owe them at least acknowledgement of many of these things that, that we had agreed to or that our government had agreed to that they weren't sticking to now, so we can't just throw it away mm -hmm. and act as if none of that Forget ever happened. It, right. right. So that's... Reparations. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But, and again, that's it's so sticky, right? It's, when people are involved, it's like, what do we do? Y you know, like, because I think the broad topic of assimila assimilation may be like a negative word, but like, we should want a cohesive world, right? Like... We shouldn't have people sequestered in these dumps up north that nobody talks to or that talks about or even thinks about. Forgotten about. Exactly, but at the same time, they shouldn't be forced to come where we are in order to have a good life, right? It's it's so conflicting. Like at one on one hand, I'd like it to be where we could um, start fresh. You know, if they were, it's impossible. But you know what I mean? Like we could start today. You know, we acknowledge all this shit, but today we're starting from here on and move on. But like at the same time, you can't like it, it's like 150 yeah. years Fixed of shit. Yeah, yeah, but like I don't even know how how you can do it. I don't. I don't have no idea. Well, I mean, seeing what happened or seeing the outcome of the residential school with uh, with my mom, mm -hmm. you know, and how alienated it uh, made her. Yeah. And I mean, it, it the effects of that, and how it affected our family, how it affected our relationship, and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to fix that. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be up to a government to fix that. True. It should be up to the person. Yeah. But if the person is really fucked up, mm -hmm. yeah, they don't have the resources to exactly. to get the help. Or yeah. I mean, sometimes I think I mean. Th Talking from personal knowledge, I guess, like the like the Health Canada sends like people to reserves, and a lot of sometimes the you know I, I'm talking from like uh, I know somebody that's close to me that goes up. Of course, sure. And you know, he, sometimes people show up, so sometimes people don't. Mm -hmm. You know, like. I guess you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make mm -hmm. a drink, right? Exactly. So, yeah. But I mean, that doesn't mean that you should stop bringing the horse to water, right? That's kind of the thing, <laughs> right? I guess it's so, easy yeah. to say, well, if they're not going to use it, we're just going to stop. Yeah, funding. cut it off, whatever. Yeah, right. It's like, no, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's so, uh, it's so rough, and I don't know how we get to a place where it's better. But like, I think having like urban reserves is probably a good thing to have because then it's not like. Like I said earlier, where it's, you know, oh, they're just up north somewhere. They're sequestered, yeah. yeah. We don't see them, so we don't care. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So having them in the middle of the city, which I'm sure a lot of people are totally unhappy about, uh, because obviously, <laughs> like, I get why. Well, like, look where, that's the, of course what they're look say. where that one urban reserve is, uh, where the Capion Barracks Exactly. Is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, in that neighborhood. Yep. You know, people are not going to like that at all. Exactly. So, yeah. like, how do you fix that? Yeah. I think just being there, and as long as, and again, as long <clears> as you can have it where, the people that either work and live and interact with that reserve can now, you know, do community outreach or or to have a presence instead of just like the quote unquote drunken Indian that everybody sees wandering around anywhere, right? It's like 
it's better to have, if, if you can kind of have the, the regular, say, white person, whatever, interact with a regular native person just going about their life, dealing with their, going grocery shopping, and you're in the same store, right? Like, whoever sees that, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I think over time, it's probably a good thing. Like, it, it'll take generations, but... Yeah, but there's still lots of prejudice that... Oh, totally. To, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that's not just going to disappear, but I think it's a decent step to at least bring them into the cities in a, in a way that isn't just taking them and, you know, like forcing them into schools or, you yeah. know, or they get homeless or, or whatever, right? It's like, and then there's still the whole, you know, missing and murdered Indigenous yeah. women mm -hmm. issue that's still in, like, it's still, it's still happening to this day. Mm -hmm. Which can be also tied back to residential schools pretty oh, heavily. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, you know, ah, that's, I don't even want to get into yeah, that kind no, of stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm sure your, your next guest will yeah, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a whole issue. I don't, um, I mean, it's heavy, right? That's, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, well, I appreciate the conversation. I, I appreciate sure. the open conversation. Yeah. And I really hope, you know, it, it continues. Mm -hmm. And you guys, like, I'm really impressed that you have these books here yeah. and that you're actually, you know, willing to right. learn. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like. Um, it, it opens your eyes. And I didn't, I didn't even realize what I didn't know right. until I looked and that's at that's the other thing, too. Yeah, you, yeah. like. Why don't they teach this stuff in school? I well, and that's what I was going to say, right? Like, we take the Canadian Studies courses and stuff, and they and they kind of they gloss over yeah. what happens, right? They yeah. say, okay, well, we beat them, so we run the place kind of thing, yeah. right? It's almost how it comes across, yeah. but we don't understand, you know, all the shit that, like, yeah. we've all gone through, right? You know, so it almost would have been kinder if the colonialists had come in and wiped everybody out, you know what I mean? As horrible as that sounds. If you're going to come in and subjugate a whole race of people and pretend that you're doing them a favor, it would have been better to just come in, wipe everybody out, and just resettle the land. You know what I mean? Because now it's generations and millions of people that, that have been totally fucked. Right. You know, it's almost better that whoever was there, we wiped them out. You know what I mean? It's a terrible thing to say, but I think that probably would have been a better alternative. <laughs> it's, it's super bad, and it just, the thought just occurred to me. But if you... Right, it sound, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It, it sounds bad, but... And I don't necessarily think that's the right way, but, like, for the people that are suffering and, and people being murdered and killed and whatever as it is, I don't know. I would rather they have had a better system in place in general, but, you know, if you're going to pick the alternatives, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. But, no, yeah, no, I, I appreciate you coming by and talking for about sure. this. We've, we've had a bunch of conversations just, you know, me asking you questions and stuff, because... We don't have a whole lot of indigenous people around yeah, here. Yeah, we're driving right. in here. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and my, like, my dad is. Yeah, that's true. But I, he's never really talked with me about it. Like, in, that, in, Your dad's indigenous? Yeah. Wow. yeah. And we're not like blood related. Like he's oh, my, oh, he's my stepdad or whatever? Well, he's my... My whole family history is <laughs> fucked. But, so he's my grandfather. Um, he married my maternal grandmother. So we're not blood related, but like... My grandparents adopted me when I was born. So my mom oh, was too young. Okay. So I've always lived with him. And he's like he's full blood he's indigenous, Métis. right? So he's, he's Métis, but like, yeah. he, he's very indigenous. His whole family is. Um, but he's never really talked about it with me. So even with me, I don't know what his family's seen that way. Like So it's, it's good to see this perspective of it now. And I'm going to actually ask him about it when I, next time I see him. It's all about it, right? having a conversation. Yeah. Right. For sure. That's kind of the point of these types of conversations we're having for the podcast, right? Like things that even local people and even broader context that people don't want to talk about, right? And I like talking about things that might make people mad. I don't know. It's kind of the only way yeah. to learn, right? Exactly. That's mm -hmm. what I like doing. Like, uh, even well, feeling the guilt as a white man, right? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, and that's another thing, right? Like people say, well, it wasn't us. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, it wasn't you or your family maybe specifically, but like 
we've benefited from it. We've yeah. contributed to it in some indirect way. Right. Yeah. We do I mean, hold some responsibility. This example. For it. I mean, like the town of Selkirk. Yeah. Was the actually original site of the Pegwis Reserve. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And they moved the people inhabitants of Peg of Selkirk uh-huh. to where the Pegwis is now. Right. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it wasn't uncommon. They did it in BC as well. Actually, I was just I was just there in Vancouver last week or week before, and we stayed in Kitsilano, which is whatever that is. Kitsilano? Yeah, and apparently that is where the reserve used to be, and then they started like appropriating it so they could build a bridge, and then they take a little bit more, yeah, a little bit and more, little yeah, little more and now it's like this super trendy place to live. Yeah. Right. Uh, and this was whatever, like 100 years ago, but it doesn't matter. It's still, uh, still kind of shitty. Um, Right. But like even go back to what you're saying with, you know, just because we didn't do it doesn't mean we shouldn't mm-hmm. try to fix it. It's the same issue that people with the carbon tax and stuff now too, right? Yeah. Well, we're not causing the pollution China is. Well, it's like, well, just because China is doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and do our part to fix that's these things, right? Yeah. Just because it's not our fault doesn't mean we can't help. Exactly. Right? Like that's what's silly to me. I guess the question that I have too is like, why the hell is Canada sending its garbage over to yeah. the Philippines? Right. Exactly. I've never, yeah. I didn't know that. No. Until no, there's I didn't a big either. kerfuffle, I wasn't aware of that. Until either. they sent it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand the recycling because we often sell that to places like China and India. And, but now they, I don't think they take it anymore. They now changed it because China got stricter on their policy, so now right. recycling doesn't make sense. We have a certain anymore. executive of theirs in yeah. police custody. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it happened before that. But yeah. 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 Miss, Miss Huawei. Yeah. <laughs> Huawei, that's right. Yeah. I heard tell apparently they went to a restaurant in Vancouver uh, well, because she was in custody. She couldn't leave, so they were just chilling because they were waiting, whatever. And they went to a restaurant there and they spent. Fifty-two thousand dollars in one meal. Just they had uh, whatever entourage, maybe twenty people mm-hmm. or something. They had like you know twenty entrees and or more, and like twenty appetizers. They had everything. Just and they didn't even eat like a quarter of it. Just fifty-two thousand bucks. All right, see you later. Apparently, they wow. tipped all the servers like five grand or some shit. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. That would have been nice. Yeah, That's... right. <laughs> like I can't even imagine dropping that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You also yeah. you're not, you also uh, don't have the. Uh, the money of a phone company. No, yeah. right. It's so the second biggest phone company in the world. Company. Yeah, that's that's the scary. With that five G stuff, I still yeah. don't really understand. No. It. What freaks me out is you see the people building these towers, and they're in like full, complete hazmat suits. Oh, really? I've never seen anybody build because there's so much radiation. Well, they what they've found, I guess, in some places in the states where they're starting to do it, is that the five G towers, while emitting a faster signal, emit a lot of radiation. Uh, yeah. So they're finding that birds that are flying by these places are actually dropping dead <laughs> from the exposure. So like, the Alex birds Jones are learning to stay that, away but... from these places, right? Yeah. And, but yeah, you see the guys building it, and it's a full-on white hazmat oh, radiation God. suit these guys are wearing, and it's like, well, how much radiation and is this stuff pumping out? You know what? I don't really out? need to see how, you know... It doesn't need to be much faster. Exactly. Right. Like, it's fine the way it is, but I don't really need to see a video loading that much faster on, you know, on like yeah. YouTube. Exactly. You know, like how to change a flat tire or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's pretty quick. I, I just want I them can... to have basic service everywhere before they worry yeah. about 5G. How about yeah. you we build, a, build a system right. that yeah. like you can drive out anywhere and have at least, say, two bars of LTE <laughs> right. or yeah. even 3G, whatever. Like, so you can make a phone call anywhere in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Let's do that first exactly. before you worry about 5G. Yeah, like, I mean, I was, I was working in Island Lake, like the reserve yeah. up there, and they had just gotten LTE service. Okay. Mm-hmm. But apparently it was, it was only enough so that I think like a certain amount of people could use it at one time. Right. Uh, so service was really slow. Yeah. You, like, I'm just like, what's the point? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, 
Do you have to do you have to jitter pretty quick? Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Well, I don't know if there's anything uh, else you want to talk about before we let you go. When, when, how much time do you have left? Uh, I could uh, maybe ten minutes or so. Okay. Um, but like I said before, like really thanks for inviting me out here sure. and uh, being on my. It's my first podcast. <laughs> After listening to so many podcasts for so many years, feels weird, eh? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> uh, but no, uh, okay. how long are we going? Really oh, cool. A little over an hour six. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, it's a good time. Um, and again, I like having uncomfortable conversations with people that are at least open about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't like having conversations with people that are so stuck in their ideas that they're never gonna. They're not even open to hear other mm-hmm. ideas. You know. So I kind of. And enjoy you know what? They're allowed to be like that. Totally, too, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily want to interview them about yeah. it. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Maybe next time when I come back, I'll have some like learn some jujitsu or something. <laughs> I can talk about yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, like getting sober and uh, learning about my culture, and um, you know, that was probably the greatest gift mm-hmm. that was given to me. And a lot of people helped me along the way, sure. And they picked me up whenever I was falling, and uh, you know, so I mean, I guess in a way, without sounding too corny or egocentric about it, like this is my way of like trying to oh, perfect. give back or whatever, yeah, right. So. And um, we're happy to be the, I guess, the venue for that or the, the channel Always, for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. However, however small our uh, <laughs> our spotlight is, <laughs> yeah. we're happy to it's shine where it matters. You know, yeah. even if we can bring awareness to five other people, yeah. like that's uh, that's how it starts, right? We bring the awareness to these people, who maybe then bring the awareness to the, their social circles yeah. and so on and so forth. Exactly. And that's how you build the the community from there, right? Totally. And get the word out. Yeah, yeah. community. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a key word there too. Which ties in perfectly to the whole like indigenous thing in general, because like their whole thing was community, right? Like the, mm-hmm. that we kind of destroyed. <laughs> right. Like right. in a lot of cases, it's it's either not a thing or it's it's a kind of a shell of what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I've actually never gone to uh, any sort of like powwow, powwow or indigenous or thing. Sweat. Or I've seen videos of them, like you know, clips right. and stuff on on news and online and stuff. And yeah. It's kind of interesting. I, I think they're great. I think it's awesome when they try to keep the traditions alive. And yeah. it's like this is what mm-hmm. we used to do. It's what we always do. Especially and if it's as powerful as you were saying. Like especially for you, um, you know, that type of connection is is rare. I guess. Mm-hmm. But right. I think in today's day and age, we're rapidly losing our culture with yeah. a lot of people. So it's good to see or people our, still our embracing cultures. their cultures. Yeah, or it's becoming this weird like. Social tech warrior. Yeah, that yeah. too, and, and just it just feels so superficial. You know what I mean? What, superficial, whatever, yeah. yeah. Whatever culture we seem to be getting, it's like it's all just a culture of capitalism and money, and like it's right. just I don't know if that's what I like. Well, yeah, and the other thing is like when you watch TV, and you know, I just you know, it, it kind of pa- paints this false narrative or this yeah. false picture of like how your life is supposed to be and yep. you, can, you compare your insights to the, mm-hmm. to the TV you know right, yeah. right. I don't think that's very healthy too but. not at all yeah. why do they get to go for trips to Rome and we don't right? yeah, it's exactly. kind of that yeah. sort of thing well she looks so good I look like shit yeah <laughs> you know like it's very vain it is and that's kind of sad um, I guess before we go I want to say speaking of your dad <laughs> I still feel so guilty and when I was like 18-ish where I was at your house and we had gotten hammered or whatever, and he was outside drinking with us. And at one point, he, we, me and him were on the driveway, and this was me being the ignorant, stupid youth that I was. And I, 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 was, I, was, I don't know how it came up. I was mentioning something about him being an Indian or something I talked about. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm not an Indian. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course you're an Indian, right? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that, the, like, Métis, like, for me, Métis was, like, a stereotypically, like, lighter skinned with certain features where that 
at that time, this whatever mid two thousands is what I thought Métis was and what I thought quote unquote Indian was. Right? right. Dude, I feel so bad about it now. But like at the time, I'm sitting in the back of the truck and I'm like almost arguing with him. I was like, What do you mean you're not Indian? <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course you're Indian. And he just like he was kind of smirking at me. I'm sure he wanted to smack me or whatever. Yeah. Was just like, like youth confidence. Yeah. I'm just like, What are you? The drunken youth confidence. Yeah. Drunken youth confidence. Yeah. Oh, like, no, what are you I don't talking about that? Yeah. Of course you're. Plenty of course of you're an Indian. Like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Like, oh yeah. I have since learned that <laughs> Métis can look very dark and natives can look very light. It's not Indeed. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the time I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I still think about that sometimes. Maybe you two should have a conversation. Yeah, I don't know. If they, I don't know if he would ever do that. He's hard to pull a conversation yeah. out of, but I, I would love to get him on talk about it one day. Yeah, known the guy like half my life, and I've probably said 18 words to him. <laughs> half of them were about that. <laughs> He's the type who just likes to sit back and kind of just watch. Yeah, he just observes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, falls asleep around the fire. Yeah, cool. <laughs> 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or in the morning he's still out there. <laughs> oh, that's man. great. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I was hoping we could touch on some some superhero stuff. But we'll have to do that for our next one. Maybe part two. Absolutely. Yeah. We need a little more time. No, that's good. Um, I guess is there anything that you want to uh, anything you want to plug? Social media, shout outs, anything like that? No. Uh, just uh, shout out to my family, and um, I guess shout out to the Can- other Canadians, and uh, for Can- Happy Canada Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Happy Free Agent Frenzy Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right around the corner. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So awesome. I really hope the Jets do something, and I honestly feel feel like uh, you know next year is probably gonna be uh, next season's gonna be a wash. So. I'm curious. Right. I'm really curious. And they're... but I, I'm a ride or die Jets fan until the end. So. You know? Maybe it's Fair what I'm doing. Man, I'm, I'm with my wings all the way through the shit. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so how was your reaction? I wanted to ask you that. How yeah, was yeah. your reaction when he when Stevie Y announced oh, his God. pick uh, <laughs> at number five? Well, I was not expecting it at all. Like You could feel the air come out of the whole arena when he, when he did Because I was filming it as I was going. Or as he walked up, I could see them coming up on the stage, and I was like all excited. I was like, "Oh, maybe Trevor Zegers or like yeah. you know Vasily Potkolzin, something like Cole Caulfield." So I was like, "Oh, cool, little scoring guy or whatever." And then he uh, he announces it that it's going to be uh, more insider. And like, as he said it, I, I think it's on my my video. I'm just like, "Who the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you "What?" Should po- you should post it on I YouTube. Should. I need something. to listen to it again to see if it's actually uh, if it's a- a- audible. But like, you could actually feel it. The whole place is like. What? Like everybody's yeah. like buzzing like Who? bees. They're like, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, what the fuck? So at the time, I was just like, who the hell is this guy? But <laughs> yeah. I've since come around because apparently there was talk that he might go as high as tenth. Like Vancouver might have taken him. Mm-hmm. So if the Wings didn't take him, then they wouldn't have gotten a, a defenseman at all. Well, Stevie right. Y too. I mean, oh yeah, I got trust him. the plan. Yeah. yeah, they were saying if Holland had made that pick, they would have crucified him though. So it's well, for sure. But we trust in Stevie. Yeah, yeah. the eyes trust the plan. Stevie Y. Yeah. That's yep. right. Forever and ever. Wow. Awesome. Well, on that wonderful note. We can uh, we can shut it down. Thanks a lot, right, Mike. Thanks, Thanks guys. a lot, buddy. Cheers. And we're back. Welcome. Hey. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, thanks again to Mike for joining us. Uh, I'm glad he was that he felt comfortable enough to share his story, uh, as heavy as it is. Um, and we can't really relate on on any level, but uh, it was an interesting discussion, and uh, I think it something that needs to be done more often. Uh, and I think we're trending in the right way. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Towards those conversations, at least, whether <laughs> right. whether the situation is getting better, I don't know. But well, and like I said, it's good to get that other perspective on it, right? Yeah. Like it, you'll see the other side of the coin and and really see kind of what's going on and exactly how these things affect you know Indigenous people all over our country. Yep. And yeah, 
probably globally. <laughs> well, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Whatever kind of race is being treated differently than, yeah. you know, us dumb white people are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly right. Uh, yeah, but uh, every time I think we're trending in the right way, uh, I hear about millennials storming Area 51, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tempting to go, but uh, <laughs> I don't like, want to get shot. No, so. It's like 1.4 million people are. I know on the it's group ridiculous. It's not gonna happen, but it's funny to think about. It is. And if it does happen, you're stupid. Oh yeah. Did like, you see uh, Jordan Penner's on Facebook? Uh, previous guest of the show, Jordan Penner. Yeah, three minutes th- to live is exactly. looking to uh, play a show there for everyone that shows up. <laughs> that's a hell of an idea. That's a great idea. I hope that's actually legit. Like, go out there. and... <laughs> See what happens. As do I, man. That'd be awesome. Just a band in the middle yeah. of the desert starting to play some metal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, oh, they should probably set up a, a medic tent for yes. <laughs> for all the injured. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it was, uh, it was a good episode. It was not, I don't know, it was nice to chat with Mike. I was going to say it was fun to chat right. with Mike, but fun's probably not. Again, a heavier one. topic, but I think it's, you know, it's good to get those things out there and if not a little exactly. bit necessary to get them out there to... Uh, you know, show us more insight on the, on these topics and, yep. and get the conversation going. Exactly. And uh, a couple of the books that I mentioned, I'll tag them in the show notes. Um, yeah, you can check it out. Uh, a couple of good reads. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's all we kind of have to bring up uh, this week. As usual, uh, find us on social media, on Instagram at Two Idiots Podcast, on Facebook, search Two Idiots Podcast, on Twitter, which we're not doing a lot on, no one's really paying attention, but we're throwing it out into the ether anyway. It's there. <laughs> yep, at Two Idiots Show, and our email is doubleidiotspodcast at gmail.com. Exactly right. Yeah, let's let's get some uh, show ideas, some get future guests, if you have some interesting ideas or comments, questions, anything. Whatever you guys want to hear about, we are more than willing to talk about. Exactly. So, you know, uh, throw some topics our way and we'll... We'll get to discussing them. Absolutely. And we have, again, a few interesting guests, hopefully, in the pipeline. Um, so stay tuned. So, yeah. Enjoy your day. Have fun. Bye. Enjoy your week. Yeah. We love you. Keep fit and have fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> do, 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 body break. <laughs> With Joanne McLeod and whatever the guy's Al name. Johnson That's and Joanne McLeod. Hal Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs>